Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Aviation Avenue podcast. Folks, I'm very happy to be back with you recording another episode of our podcast. My name is Braden Piscopo. I'm your host. And before we jump right into it, a few announcements, and then we will get to it. So, everybody, I got back from Hawaii on vacation. Uh, it was a great vacation. Uh, I went to Maui for a few days with my family. Uh, just some snorkeling and uh, road trips and, uh, yeah, just chilling at the hotel, at the pool, and celebrating my sister's eighth birthday. So, it was fun. I hope to go again next year, and I really hope to go to Oahu to see Pearl Harbor. Uh, I'll do that maybe maybe I'll do that in the future next year we will we shall see it was a great vacation and I certainly loved it I got a American Airlines matchbox from Darren Uh, I hung it up on my wall and I'm gonna start collecting those guys so let me know on, on Instagram what you guys think of it. I actually changed my username speaking of it to Braden the Avgeek underscore it was gr- um so hit me up on that and suggest what uh, matchboxes I should buy. Uh, another announcement, I hope you guys enjoyed your 4th uh, of July. I had a nice 4th. I just relaxed with my family and uh, watched the Angels versus the Padres game. Unfortunately, the Angels did not win. Uh, they lost 8-5. to It's not really a fun game to uh, watch. And uh, I did see a uh, North American T-6 Texan or AT-6 Texan. Advanced as an advanced training airplane circled over my house for a few minutes. Uh, it was great to uh, see that guy. I posted it on my Instagram story, and uh, it was great to um, see that wonderful airplane. And there was not really much else after. There was uh, some stuff in other areas, but um, yeah, there was it was nothing near me. So. Uh, and then another announcement is on July 2nd, I forgot, that was the one-year anniversary when airshow performer Chris Darnell of the Shockwave Jet Truck lost his life while performing at the Battle Creek Balloon Festival airshow. Um, that was one year ago on July 2nd, and it was it was an unfortunate tra- tragedy. 2022, it happened. Uh, my thoughts and prayers are again with Chris Darnell and... Uh, one year ago, we, I posted something on my Instagram story a little bit about what happened, and it was not really a fun uh, tragedy, or not really fun to think about. And uh, yeah, that's all the announcements I got for this week. More to come in the future. So everybody, this is part three of our uh, F4U Corsair episode. This is going to be our final part. Uh, the F4U Corsair is an amazing airplane. It's one of my favorites. Uh, our special guest, Jim Lena, is going to talk about this uh, aircraft with us. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll talk to you on the backhand when uh, it's done. Uh, take it away, Jim. To watch the F4U-1A Corsair start. Uh, our presentation uh, by uh, Jim Lano is going to give us our presentation. All right, take it away, Jim. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you here for our second flight demo of the day with our Corsair F4U. When A, your pilot today is Chris Fahey. We are delighted to have Chris. He's been a long time uh, friend of the museum. He is a uh, warbird pilot. He pilots not only our Corsair, but our P-38 and our MiG as well. Chris served in the United States Air Force from 1983 until 1995, flying F-16s. And uh, Chris is now commercial uh, pilot, so we're very pleased to have Chris today as our pilot. 
Now, just a few words on the Corsair before Chris takes off for his demo. The Corsair history goes all the way back to the early 1938, when the U.S. Navy put out a request, an RFP request for proposal for a single engine airplane. And then four things that they wanted. They wanted the airplane to fly a thousand miles. They wanted a landing speed no faster than 70 miles an hour. Four guns and maximum speed. In June of 1938, the Of 1938, the U.S. Navy awarded Chance Bot out of uh, uh, the East Coast an award for a prototype airplane to be developed. So, what Chance Bot did in order to achieve maximum speed, they chose a brand new prototype engine, which is the uh, uh, R2800, which was capable of 2,000 horsepower. In order to maximize the horsepower in that engine, they chose a Hamilton propeller, 13 feet, 4 inches, a massive propeller for the day, a massive engine. They also developed some new technology with the plane. If you look at the fuselage, you do not see rivets. Chance Lott went with a new technology, TIG welding, on a little bit thicker of aluminum. What that enabled the airplane to do was to reduce drag, making it a little bit faster of an airplane already with this R2800 engine. Now the challenge, this was a Navy airplane. It was required to land on an aircraft carrier. And landing on an aircraft carrier requires a little bit slower speed. It requires the pilot to have great visibility. And what uh, the challenge was the landing gear with this high propeller. In order to maintain that higher position with that propeller, the challenge was to maintain a smaller landing gear. What Chancellor did was raise the fuselage, maintaining a lower profile with the wing, and you end up with this gull wing design. Okay? Now, that also provided uh, a challenge. And in development going on with the Navy, which began then in uh, 38 through 1941, there were some challenges. Number one, with this massive propeller and prop wash, it created a bit of an uneven airflow over the wings and over some of the controls. There was a tendency for the left wing to stall prior to the right wing. The other with this massive engine, if a pilot just, uh, suddenly uh, applied uh, throttle, there was a tendency for the plane as well to perhaps flip. And this is not what you want as you come in for a carrier landing. The other was the uh, original prototype and the original uh, production plane had a canopy that was a birdcage rather than this bubble canopy that you have. 
and the fuel tank is right in front of the pilot, 240 gallons. You're a long distance from that nose. So the, the challenge was how to uh, make sure that this was uh, tested by the Navy. And all these challenges by, uh, by uh, the fall of 1942, the Navy had decided not to go forward with the Corsair. They went with the Hellcat. So the Corsair went to the Marines, and it was used extensively in the South Pacific and also in the Central Pacific and the South Pacific, it was used particularly in an operation called Cartwheel in 1943-1944 as uh, Allied forces tried to retake the Japanese-occupied islands, particularly Rabul, which was a Japanese airbase. So we know that this plane was actually involved in some of those uh, squadrons that uh, flew missions during that time. Also, uh, the plane was used in the Marshall Islands in the Central Pacific as well. The plane not only went to the Marines through land lease, you might remember through your history classes in high school, there were 2,000 of these that went to the Royal uh, Navy, the British Royal Navy. So they had the same problems with the airplane. However, they were in dire need of planes. They used them. They also suffered losses with their pilots. The plane had the nickname of the Incident Eliminator, the Bird, uh, Bentwing Bird, Bird Eliminator. But it was the British who came up with the idea of raising the seat seven inches. They eliminated that bird nest canopy, went to the bubble. They also developed a technique of approaching the aircraft carrier in a wide circular approach. So the pilot always had that back end stern of the aircraft carrier in sight. Flagmen would then wave them down. That uh, technique was then adopted ultimately by the Navy. The Navy by the fall of 1944 accepted the, Navy, accepted the Corsair. And it was just in time. This was during the Battle of Okinawa. And the Corsair was uh, extremely valuable then in uh, going against the Japanese Earls at that time. A bit of information on our own airplane. This is the oldest Corsair. Ours was built in 1943 out of about 12,500 that were built. There's only around 12 left flying in the United States. This is one of them. And this plane also is uh, a movie star. How many of you have seen the movie Devotion? Heck yeah. Okay, great. Excellent movie, wonderful movie based on the book. Came out in 2015 by Adam uh, Makos. The plane, as I mentioned, came out in 43, was used by the Marines. What you're seeing is the color scheme used by the Navy during the Korean War, this beautiful blue. Um, it was uh, also used in the television series Bob Bob Black Sheep during the 1970s, I believe, and then has been in some other feature films as well. Another point that is special about this airplane is not only is it a veteran of World War II, but we've been able to identify and reconnect two pilots that actually flew this airplane. Both of them were uh, in the uh, Central Pacific and the Marshall Islands era in uh, the summer of 1944, Farrell Purdy 
and John Tashijian. Uh, Harold Purdy uh, lived in Missouri, and it was just serendipitous that the museum was able to make a connection with him. Through donations from the city where Farrell Purdy lived, the plane was, the plane was flown back uh, a few years back and reconnected with that pilot. He had a, uh, uh, a ritual that he had before each mission, he would go up and tap the belly of the airplane. By that time, he was in a wheelchair, but his family wheeled him to the plane, and he went again and touched the belly of the airplane. The other pilot, John Tachijian, celebrated his 100th birthday here uh, two summers ago. He turned 100, and this is where he wanted to be. We were not only able to get him in the airplane, ladies and gentlemen, but he was able to fly again on the airplane that he had flown as a 23-year-old in the Marshall wow. Islands. So with that, Chris, all yours. We'll have a Q&A with Chris when he returns, and uh, when Chris rounds the hangers, we're going to have our raffle for the members. Awesome. Okay, everybody, that was our part three episode on the F4U Corsair. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you again to Jim Leno for coming on our podcast and discussing this aircraft with us. Uh, we, hope I get, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We hope you guys uh, enjoyed the uh, topic on for this week. Once again, thank you to all who uh, listened, and we will talk to you next week here on the Aviation Avenue Podcast. So long for now, everyone.